1: House lights down. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues podcast, a preaching Mm post-mortem. I'm here. I'm Emily Anger here with my husband, James Anger. That's right. Otherwise known as Jim Anger. No one calls you James.
0: Mommy used to Oh, sometimes.
1: (laughs) Anyone call you Junior ever? Hey, Junior.
0: No, Junior was on the no-call list as was jimmy yeah jimmy. although in the south i got jimbo a fair amount
1: oh jimbo that always confused me when you i guess i knew some of your friends who called you jimbo or i i don't know i thought that was the oddest name is there <laughs> <So> <laughs> you're is just, boiled just crawfish. looking at me <laughs> but it worked and was jimbo, delicious jimbo was a boiled crawfish <laughs> reference
0: no just okay. free association confused. you were
1: so confused me um <laughs> Welcome, anyway, sorry for you guys having to put up with our banter here this morning. Um, it's a Monday morning, and we like to take the Monday to look over what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a while. We You you had a good conversation with Blake last week. That's right. Got a little break from preaching and got to talk to, to Blake, but I haven't talked to you in two weeks.
0: That's right. We are back to Model A with me in the pulpit and then husband and wifey on the postmortem.
1: mortem. Right. Um, and I do like interrogating you, so <laughs> good to see you here today. That
0: is absolutely true.
1: <laughs> I don't always get the answers I want, but I do I do enjoy the questioning period.
0: I'd say you get the answers you want you do. like 88% of the time.
1: Right. It takes a while, though. It's a 12%. It's we'll, interesting, though. We'll see how long this takes. I am the 12%. No, it has been a good season. It's it's almost the end of the season of um, talking about this issue of Lent um, and lamenting and mm-hmm. lamenting specifically the issues of race and racism and um, I feel like in general this sermon series you're or to this particular Sunday you were saying it's not the end of l- the lamenting season. Um, That's right. Maybe Lent will extend on, um, but we can just jump right in to call it stormy One Day, even though it's a bright and clear Monday and very nice. Um, kind of think about like this is the this was the. Um, last sermon on this
0: series correct monday thursday is going to be a little bit extra on that as we do our step of consecration as as a church there's going to be a google form about that but yeah the sermon series proper ended yesterday
1: right and how did that feel how was the development of that last sermon
0: i was glad to it it ended the way i would have hoped that it would have ended and in my mind um i think earlier in this podcast Series, I said that this particular sermon series, Repentance and Reflection, Lament as it relates to racism and systemic injustice, it had a chiastic structure. And you reminded the audience that chiasm (laughs) is like a sandwich, where it's the same on either side. And so... There was an intro sermon by me, then we heard from Courtney and a B it was an interview, and then on the back end, working backwards, there was an outro sermon by me that was this past Sunday, then working inward was Blake, and then we had two sermons from me in the center. So this is thinking about music, we love music here, at the Post-Sunday Blues. This was the coda for the series, and my burden was to take us back to lament one last time, asking the question, what happens when we leave Lent? How are these things going to stay with us? And I mentioned during the sermon, lament as a renewable resource as it relates to racism. And so I I really wanted to bring bring us back to where we started so that we can keep lamenting because there's still going to be things to lament in our world.
1: Yeah it's it's true for sure that I I liked that comparison to Christmas needing to celebrate Christmas and Jesus birth Mm -hmm. year-round I liked that challenge and call to lament and to to ponder these um, issues for longer than just this you know this season Um, did you feel like this this sermon prep um, did you see where where did you see guys working in this particular week in this particular sermon
0: yeah, I felt heaviness, and I've mentioned more than a couple of times now that this whole sermon series has felt appropriately heavy to me. I think there would have been something wrong and off about me if, if the sermon series did not feel heavy. But I, f- I felt the heaviness of wanting to conclude well. I felt the heaviness of jumping back into these things one other time, and the seriousness of wanting this to be a final pitch To say, hey, we've talked about some significant things. I do feel like there's been a number of people at Liberty Collingswood that have been really tracking with us and growing in some interesting and even profound ways. And also at the end, I wanted to put, I mentioned, you know, mouth and hands and feet and wallet and stuff like that. Put some action steps on the series, too, so we're not just left in the ether or the theoretical realm. So I felt some hopefully godly pressure and burden to stick the landing on the sermon series and not just let things peter out.
1: Right. And it's almost, it is a sticking the landing in order to move forward. I, I think that's that you definitely got that point across that it's not, it isn't the season of that the season of racism, the topic has been covered and we mm-hmm. can move on. It's a something that needs to be re embedded in the way that we are acting and, and doing and living out the gospel.
0: Yeah. I think it's a both end where uh, Liberty Collingswood is on the record and as we move forward as a church into digital spaces, like a podcast and otherwise, one of the things that I would love us to be able to do as a church in the next couple of years is build up a content library that includes repackaged sermons. So who's sure. going to go back and listen to a whole sermon? Am I right? But what if there were a... <laughs> my parents? <laughs> yeah. Did you say your parents or my parents? My parents. That's right. Both of our parents. We listen. are big on both sides. I if don't you know think what I they mean. listen
1: to this podcast, though
0: that would be something I, I, would, I would love okay this podcast is ending when my father and mother-in-law become Helen wolves that, that's the apotheosis of everything you should not say that because
1: i actually could see my sister having them listen so
0: that is true <laughs> another Helen wolf
1: anyways um but like connected to that just this passage in this um or this this series what made you choose this passage psalm 94 um as we move into the examining the B.B. King James Version.
0: That's right. So Psalm 94 is a fairly standard lament sermon. And in particular, I wanted to find a fairly standard lament sermon just to reinforce this whole idea about lament once more. And we have the four parts. We have turning to God. We have complaining. We have asking. We have we have trusting and wanting, wanting to just break down for people one more time. And it's a lament that deals well with injustice. So not just a part, there are a lot of laments in the Psalter, God's hymn book for his ancient people, the Israelites, that are really, really laser focused on an individual, but there is an awareness of injustice woven into this lament in a bigger picture way. So it felt like a good psalm to end on. We've been a little bit Old Testament, a little bit New, New Testament. Here we are back in Psalm 94 and I'd been planning for a few weeks now to be back in Psalm 94, because specifically later on in the psalm, there's a verse that I've referenced most every sermon that names systemic injustice from a biblical perspective. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. One of the things that I've been trying to get across in this sermon series is that systemic injustice is a biblical category, and it's up to people to draw their own conclusions about whether racism in our country historically raises to the level of systemic injustice. Personally, I think the answer is yes. You can't learn the story of redlining, for example, in the mid-20th century and not say that there is systemic injustice afoot here. One of the critiques of Bible-believing Christianity here in the West has been that we're so focused on the individual and have no right, categories right. for sin at a larger level. That may be a fault of the church, but it's not a fault of the Bible. The Bible is there. Right. And, you know, injustice, starting with uh, experience of is Israel <laughs> in Egypt, there's, there's slavery there. And so, yeah, it's all over the place.
1: Yeah, I think that that concept has been interesting, and it is one that... I think this this past year, the twenty twenty um, reflections have have been about systemic change and like the need for systemic change. I think it's been easy to think about um, how can we serve people who are mm-hmm. suffering or in poverty or just struggling for whatever reason. It's easy to you drop drop off hand me downs or send in a donation, but yeah. when you have to argue against systemic change, um, I think having this scriptural mandate is good and important. Um, I found that this passage spoke also to a concept that um, we haven't talked a lot about, or in this in this season of lamenting. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of anger here. Yeah, where it's really um, pretty powerful words, um, calling God a God of vengeance, mm-hmm. um, and then. Um, like calling calling people understand oh dullest of the people like those two the dullards (laughs) they're very very powerful words and i i like that because one of the initial emotions coming out of seeing some of the injustices that happened Mm -hmm. over the past year was just anger and wanting wanting justice like the desire for justice doesn't only stay at lament i feel like that is a good entry point Mm -hmm a healthy, maybe a healthier entry point, but there's an acknowledgement of the severity of injustice.
0: Yeah. Mark Rogrip, Weep With Me, is a book that we've been referencing a good bit here, and one of his components of lament is that complaint, which can and should often include deep anger, which on the flip side, I think reflects some deep movements of the gospel, the good news of Jesus in our lives, where if it's true that because Jesus is crucified and resurrected, God wants us to come messy that's a reference to a praying life by Paul Miller another formative book here in the life of Liberty Collingswood coming messy means that we can come to him and not away from him in our anger and our outrage and over the years there's been a lot and even recently a lot to be angered and outraged with we don't have to clean ourselves up either before God or before other people Uh, we process those things in community and with God not apart from those things
1: Right. And I do think that expressing anger over injustice, uh, obviously, anger is a tricky thing because it can lead towards a sinful um, presentation or your heart can just become really negative. But I think if you're listening to someone who is very angry, I think that can bring you to empathy as you try to piece together why they're so angry. Um, Yeah. Or even for yourself, if you feel yourself becoming angry, you can start meditating on like, why is it that I'm so angry? Are there parts that are sinful? Are there parts that are this? This is an unjust thing that needs to be um, taken care of.
0: Yeah. And the purpose of the post Sunday blues preaching postmortem is not just to reinforce everything that I said and commend it during the during the sermon. But I'm interested to see how it plays out in the life of our community where under the banner of anger and outrage and complaint. I said at one point during the sermon, you have permission to complain mm-hmm. and let's see if that happens. In some of our home meetings or some of our circles where somebody is just feeling really raw, uh, some connection with racism or injustice. Uh, I would love it if people could bring some of that rawness into community. I think it's good exercise for the, for the community of faith to, to be able to hear some of those things and it puts faces on a lot of these headlines and polarized political sloganeering as as well if we actually see a brother or sister genuinely torn up over these things. And I'd say the last thing for me as it relates to B.B. King James Version is that if I kept Psalm 94 in my pocket as a main sermon text for this series at the end, uh, I also wanted to end on the note of Revelation 7, which is a pretty common passage when... You hear preachers talking about racial justice, racial re- racial reconciliation, when there is a vision of the end in the book of Revelation where there's a multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Uh, we engage these things not from ultimately positions of despair, resentment, or resignation. But we see a picture of the end, and Bible scholars have said pretty intentionally, John, the author of the book of Revelation, giving this vision of heaven, is emphatic in identifying that this is a multi-ethnic people that will praise God. And in fact, it's been noted, I've seen it come up in a few places now, where the name Christian comes from a place of trying to describe this is in the book of acts very very ancient early church how do you describe this multi-ethnic movement when so often people are defined by their ethnicities so christian was landed upon both by those inside and outside the church as a descriptor of a people that doesn't fit any traditional category. So even woven into the very name Christian, historically speaking, is the fact that it is a multi-ethnic people.
1: Right, and that I think that resonates with um, a lot of what we've been talking about and reflecting on in the home group conversations. Mm -hmm. I thought that um, uh, Gene Park, his uh, workshop on Saturday, two Saturdays ago, Um, which I I believe will be monthly, right? For
0: the next couple, yeah. April and then again in May. I
1: thought that was an excellent uh, tool in which to be able to talk and make sure that you're connecting with people who are of different ethnicities, just to gain insight, just to be able to start listening. Mm Because I think that it's the listening that will give the diversity of opinion and diversity of understanding the world. And as I've reflected on my own experiences, um, I definitely think it's true that you just deepen as you understand and as you talk and have conversations or, like you were saying a little while ago, being angry at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, A tangent is, the tangent and some gossip for you who are listening, like, I know that like for marriages, when you are angry at each other, like some of the... Having to unpack back our anger at each other. Yeah. That is where we develop a deeper level of understanding of each other. You are smirking. You're like...
0: What? <laughs> okay, we, we can let the howl and be the judge here. What, what I meant when I said you have permission to be angry <laughs> in, in small groups, I meant more specifically not getting in angry fights with each other, but being able to vent outrage about what's going on in the headlines. And you're saying something slightly different that makes me slightly nervous, but... You know, I think that, you're the host of this podcast. Well,
1: I feel like being able to discuss and have um, deeper conversations where you're really revealing more I, emotive. I do agree with that. Emotive, authentic, um, staying below the, stay, staying or going below the surface and going even below the um, being angry at the news, but trying to direct it towards... Um, Expressing maybe expressing more politely than I would (laughs) express things to you. Um,
0: For those out there wondering what it's like to hear a conversation about these topics between an Enneagram Four and an Enneagram Three, you have just had it right there. Take that, Ian Cron.
1: (laughs) Okay, we'll do we'll do the marriage counseling um, another time. But, um, anyways, I just I think that just being authentic, listening, hearing people's emotions um, leads to deeper
0: relationships. Yeah, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh,
1: moving on to muddying the waters. Uh, I know that <laughs> it says what was fun or difficult about constructing this sermon. I know that you had a fun time uh, presenting the sermon this week because of uh, all the, the smooth sailing with right. Eric on.
0: So, so some <laughs> content and context. Con- content first and then we can get to the craziness of Sunday morning. In terms of content that I wanted to get people to connect with, one of the reasons that I wanted to return to Lament was, uh, for those that have been pretty either already on board or moved to a point of being on board with this Lenten focus, wanted to reinforce once again, but then on the other hand, if folks who maybe have come from places into the sermon series where hearing about racial issues, racism talked about in church feels uncomfortable or new or why are we doing this? Wanting to give an apologetic one last time for the purposes of the sermon series to say, how can you, how can we intentionally choose not to lament for the pain that we see all around us? Um, and I hope I hope that accomplished uh, and gained some ground in that direction. Here, Here's a statistic baby that I heard um recently in terms and you know i i don't have a source for this it's just been passed around pastor circles i'm, I'm sure that it's true for that very reason but who knows for sure uh, only one out of eight white pastors and white congregations in america over the past year have spoken out against racism that's crazy which is mind-boggling i don't understand and i guess we're we want to be a, a church uh, I am a white pastor that, that that's in that one out of eight because these are things that are already on people's minds. We want to have spaces, interest to be able to talk about these things. So I yeah, hope that why stat isn't someday? true.
1: Like, how did they... How, yeah, anyways, I'm hopeful <laughs> that stat is not true. You're... Fake stats. <laughs> right here, fake stats, fake news on this <laughs> podcast. Um, no, we just hope that that's not true. We hope that the church would would take a stand strongly against um, racial injustice. Yeah,
0: for sure. And another thing, Muddy the Waters wise, um, if this is a sermon series that relates to social justice, this isn't something that occurred to me until the past couple of sermons. If, if you've been listening to a lot of Jim Anger sermons for a long time, and, and I have you are the, <laughs> the all time <laughs> league leader. Uh, you know, you, you are a martyr when it comes to Jim Anger sermons. You've heard a lot of them. But not just at Liberty College, but even before that, I'll tend to have some bit every sermon where I'll give you some bits. riff. I have many. <laughs> I, I am nothing without my bits. I am bit less. Every sermon, there will be a bit one way or another riffing on. And hey, if you're somebody that's not sure where you are with Jesus, thank you so much for listening to the sermon. And I can imagine that you might be thinking X, but I would ask you to consider Y as we engage in conversation. Sure. So, so something for the skeptics explicitly, and I think that's really important for, for sermons, both for the skeptics that are in the room or maybe listening in, and also for the Christians that are in the room sure. and maybe listening in, we can talk about why another time, but I did less of that, this sermon series, like that explicit welcome of skeptics because and we'll see if this is a good idea or not a good idea i figured that because we're in such a progressive area here in collingswood and surrounding boroughs right. that talking about social justice is its own entree is it uh, is its own apologetic to uh, our target audience to, to people that here. yeah that, that 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 we want to reach and hopefully that that was implicit in what we were talking about uh, and i understand too and this is a national trend where there are people RHM that are that are deconverting from Christianity because the secular story seems more persuasive than than the gospel story point of wrestling for folks so okay if, if churches some of them maybe as little as one in eight of them in white America are beginning to talk about racism and systemic injustice whereas my social media feed has been blowing up with all these other organizations that I follow and am a part of why do I have to be Christian again when, when we're getting a dumbed-down version of what's out there much fuller speed ahead and that, that's a point of wrestling for me and the, the, the couple of things uh, that I'd say in that direction and I, I welcome your thoughts to uh, I'm beginning to flesh out an idea that a vision of biblical justice and human flourishing is not necessarily the same thing as a progressive secular view, and I'll I'll, I'll just tease this. We can go back okay. another time. I'm I, intrigued. I, I'm wondering if if the world being constructed on the coasts looks more like the French Revolution than the American one, and we will leave it there. Um, also. <laughs> To go back and Why? listen to Les Mis again. I don't
1: <laughs> remember the French Revolution. Yeah,
0: something about Hugh Jackman. Also, I want church to be a space where people can be not all the way there and have feel space to say, hey, I'm not sure I'm on board with this. Can we have more conversations? Right. Which I'm not finding as spaces provided by the secular right or the secular left. Sure. Where it's more of like a, hey, toe the company line. And if you're not already fully on board you're a hater to one extent or another, and we don't want anything to do with you. So, so I want sp- church to be a space that has some of these more open-ended dialogues about hard subjects and not closed ones. Right,
1: I, I resonate with that. I think that um, I would need to chew on that. I'm not a quick thinker <laughs> like you are um, to be able to think about the difference between a progressive view of racism and racial justice issues sure. and, and the Christian perspective. Um, So give me yeah. a, give me a week. <laughs> Perhaps neither
0: the political conservative view nor the political progressive view. Helen, Lewis, if you have any thoughts on those subjects, let yeah. us know. Post Sunday blues at gmail.com. So Emmy alluded to it earlier. If that's one whole direction, that was the bigger difficulty. Muddying the waters, but. <laughs> Well, it it wasn't that set of issues that kept me from sleeping last night. I was still wired because it was a crazy Sunday.
1: Yeah, you love your technical issues.
0: I love technical <laughs> issues. That's why I wanted to become a pastor in the first place. We don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of the technical issues, but our live stream goes live at 11:15 every Sunday morning, except yesterday. So yeah. when I threw the big switch, nothing happened and so we were scrambling. We I realized that we weren't transmitting, so Made the call to flip onto Facebook Live, had to tell our musicians to stop playing the, the prelude, explained to them what was going on, tell them that I really appreciated their service. we were going to try to figure out. Asked Andrew, who was on the camera, hey man, could you just hold my phone and let me see if we could do Facebook Live. Then communicated in the chat of our website, which was not broadcasting, live feed of any kind, join us on Facebook Live. And if Andrew... Was there trying to figure out? Hey, what do we do if we're broadcasting from our phone instead of a camera that has an audio feed? What do we do with sound? So we right. turn a monitor around.
1: That's a lot to and think then, about.
0: Then the 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 sands of time were slipping. I felt the the uh, the hourglass, the days of our lives turning. I I, I could feel people clicking off. <laughs> Of, of the we were feed just flipping second we, by yeah. second. Oh, man.
1: I was just with one of our kids. The others, for random reasons, actually one of them was with you. But...
0: Then we also found that the live feed right. kicked it in. Right, it actually did kick in. So then and and it just... was a different kind of scramble. <laughs> hey, what's going on? What's Facebook showing right now? So I found a phone, because mine was busy, to say, hey, what's on the Facebook feed? So lots of different moving pieces. And I was also front of the house. Kicking off the service with the call to worship and preaching a sermon just another Sunday.
1: Yeah. And you are so techie that you just were able to handle it all. Yes. Captain America. You're is... more, more like Iron Man. I mean, that's the problem.
0: <laughs> I model myself more as a Steve Rogers and less of a Tony Stark. So Tony would have been fine. Right. Steve was getting very sweaty on Sunday. <laughs>
1: Um, which is always uh, I, just from the background of I know how you operate, or back to the Enneagram. You guys need to take the Enneagram. It really has helped us a lot. But Jim, as an Enneagram. Oh,
0: please identify yourselves by Enneagram <laughs> type before you engage with us. Right. We'd appreciate it's, it. it.
1: It's a mandate. Um, Jim, you are a three, and um, it, you don't necessarily deal well with spur of the moment issues. Not that is I that do. True? I don't. I don't either. Actually, you, you do do well. It this is more. Maybe it just like eats at you more than it does me. I don't know. What do you think it is? Uh,
0: there, there's part of me that enjoys the adrenaline of. <laughs> do do now. So, yeah. They're, In they're, retrospect, there's part of me that gets really excited, but it's also, but it's also stressful. So it's it's a big it's a big both and yeah. as, as an Enneagram three. I, I care what people think about me, and I care about how people are processing what we're doing, and I just didn't know if anybody was out there on the internet, can anyone hear me you know, scream? Yeah,
1: well, Mike and I were watching as you were trying to troubleshoot, like you popped up and you were clearly still speaking and trying to troubleshoot, and Andrew uh, was there, with his camera and you were directing people to Facebook and you we could see the top of Andrew's head. Um Andrew by the way is doing was doing an awesome job videography-wise. I thought yeah. actually like that videography game was was on point as the photographer. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Mike and I just were sipping coffee (laughs)
0: yeah i I did send lots of whether in the room afterwards or text messages to all of our different volunteers and teams they did an awesome job yeah 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 and honestly
1: i think that people are pretty forgiving about tech issues even at this point because there's so many of them and um like I, even with Micah, I don't think you would think that the snarky fifteen-year-old would mm-hmm. be annoyed or like like laughing. But he really was just like whatever because that happens at school all the time. It happens, and they're doing right. it every day, so it's not like. Yeah. Anyways, I I just think it's not the most giant of deals. He was more concerned that he didn't like your shirt. That's <laughs> oh, that one of my favorites. This is basic polo. <laughs> If
0: you reject the basic polo, you reject me.
1: You can hash that out with Micah later.
0: Who am I without my basic polo?
1: Yeah, sorry. I'm throwing specific children under the bus. I was supposed to not do that, but... That's okay. They're
0: they're only metaphors.
1: Anyways, um, you did a good job, admirable job. You had a team around you that did admirably also, and... You made it through. You did, yeah. I think you preached well.
0: Yeah, and for for those that are more on the what's it like to be in a preacher's head preaching a sermon end of the spectrum, and maybe this could be an odd thing to say during a podcast going back with a sermon. Like I, it's one of those Sundays, and this goes back to like earlier stages of Liberty Collingswood too, where ideally when I'm preaching a sermon, the old Puritans in England, 17th century, etc., would would talk about how. On certain Sundays, they would feel great freedom uh, when they're preaching. And what they meant by that was feeling freedom in the Holy Spirit as there's something, hopefully, spirit filled and dialogical going on, where you're mindful of preaching in the presence of God and engaged with the people of God as well. Gotta say, I didn't feel any of that this past Sunday, where I just kind of partitioned off my brain to. Go into Just robot mode right. and rattle off the sermon, where there were other mental functions that were spinning and worrying about all those other pieces that sure. I, I didn't really fully That's know I, I'm what, sure this, what was going on. So it, it it you know this whole don't cry for me Argentina, right. but it's whole not virtual an season sermon to preach. This whole virtual season has
1: already been an issue with that, where you're not you're not able to visually connect with the people um, on the screens. Wherever they are, if they're there. <laughs>
0: yeah, looking forward to reassembling yeah, in May. soon. So it, feel that feels like a
1: feels like a stone's throw away. We're almost there, um, so that's that's good. Moving on to bar band cover tunes, where we think past your or look at examine your references. You mm-hmm. started off with um, some reflections on this book that you've been reading. They were pretty. They were pretty um, powerful.
0: Right. So really, only one bookish sort of thing, reference, but it was, I think, or at least my intention was that it was kind of on the ground floor of the whole sermon as, as a structuring device for the narrative and an in access into my personal experiences. I've been processing racism stuff. The Yellow House by an author named Sarah Broom. It's a book set in a section of New Orleans called East New Orleans or New Orleans East. It's a family history related to a specific house on Wilson Avenue but also a, a history history, a sociological study of a black family living in poverty and all that systemic racism sort of stuff and injustice that we've been talking about, the, the, the human cost of it. The interesting thing for me, and I just picked up the book on Kindle two Sundays ago, last Sunday afternoon, what caught my eye about it was that the yellow house was less than five minutes away from the house that I grew up in. Yeah. And East New Orleans it's moving crazy. out. So, the whole juxtaposition of one single geographic area for me and my family being a step in the launching pad of the American dream. Right. But other families, and I think I'm only a year or two older than the author, right. Sarah Broom. So we would have been in high school at the same time.
1: Parallel life thing.
0: Parallel uh, to the extreme. And yeah, I don't really have a. Sometimes with these sort of things in sermons, they're they're profound for the preacher, but inert for the for the listener when there's just like, oh, this means a lot to you, but it doesn't necessarily mean a lot to me because it's so personal to you. I, I tried to take something that I've been personally feeling but make it relevant to listeners. So I was a it, lot of talk about Yellow house.
1: I thought it resonated well like it, it actually sent me I, in my notes, I like started thinking about, my own parents experiences and um generationally um being immigrants and how my immigrant story is different than other immigrant stories like I just my brain started going in that direction too where Mm -hmm. um for me some of the reflection has been on Asian American um lived experiences and how my Asian American story was was a privileged one where my my dad was a PhD or got a PhD and kind of was on that track, but that there are other Asian experiences where people have come over for, um, to work on the railroads to, uh, just survive or, you know, run laundromats and, uh, restaurants. Um, that's a different track of Chinese immigration and, Mm -hmm. um, Anyways, so your story, like, made me start thinking about that. And then I needed to start listening to your sermon again, <laughs> so I stopped. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I think... i even when I'm speaking. Sometimes. Yeah, I think that references... The sto- stories bring these concepts to life. So I appreciate that your sermons are narrative in that way. And I think that giving us a little insight into that is helpful.
0: Yeah, like, the goal for preaching is not that it becomes the preacher's therapy sessions but right. we want in our sermons the personality and experience of the preacher to come through at the same time
1: right and i feel like we learn a lot just from hearing other people mm-hmm. um and so i'm going to jump a little bit to and i'll get back to the slim pickings but yeah mm-hmm. that is something we'd like to hear from for me personally i'd like to hear stories from listeners about um your thoughts on race or race racism your experiences with it um, if you want to write those in and we can read them just to hear the stories and how you're responding to these sermons in the series. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, with whatever level of anonymity or specificity sure. with one would feel comfortable writing in. Yeah,
1: I think that could be good. Um, but last, our last topic before the encore, before the encore, um, guitar en significance. <laughs> Was there <laughs> anything else that you um, left out that you feel like you missed or wanted to redo?
0: In terms of the craziness of the... Text snafu on Sunday morning M, you threw one of our kids under the Oops. bus earlier I'm gonna take the other kid and put him in the bus even put him in the driver's seat oh, so he is in a driver's seat after they literally <laughs> right now, over the past <laughs> month or so so I think after the after I did the first bit of call to worship there were people watching at home that said hey the website feed is actually running right now so I had to make the decision and I did check the face. I think both were going on maybe Facebook. I checked on somebody else's phone. I just saw at the top and uh, it seemed like the, I, I, I didn't see the website feed going to Facebook. I only saw the live feed. So in my mind, all I knew was that that was the only feed that Facebook was getting. So we decided to keep doing both, which meant Andrew kept holding my phone, but Andrew was a camera operator for that morning. And, The couple people on the soundboard were on the soundboard, pretty much the only folks in the room. And so it was our oldest boy that became the camera operator for the sermon who's been active in Collingswood AV at the high school and uh, did a great job. So a great father son moment where he was he was the one keeping the lights on on the website youtube and facebook feeds
1: those kids of ours maybe the girls will step up one day <laughs> just kidding <laughs> we're not just I'll, kidding i'll yeah. let you oh, run sorry. with that one. <laughs> sorry guys um don't have four kids or do have four kids but it's oh, hard gosh. to balance everyone <laughs> jim is laughing at me i didn't yeah anyways i'll stop talking now um thank <laughs> you thank you oldest son for stepping in for uh being the videographer i know that you are um
0: Yep. And then other slim pickings for me, going back to the tech craziness, it's not unusual for me to go back and listen to parts of sermons to see how things sounded so that I can give some self-diagnosis. I am not going back and listening to <laughs> the sermon. I am, I am ready to to, to bury it. So, I thought
1: you were fine. You were, yeah. I well, thought you I'm, did well. I'm
0: not fishing. Okay. Not fishing.
1: Okay. <laughs> Nothing more. Okay. Um, um, and yeah. Just overall, I think that it was a good a good season. Do you think you'll do this next year for Lent? Just
0: the curious. same topic?
1: No, 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 no. But some concept like. Oh, you haven't gotten that, there yet. No, that
0: well, I I do have some ideas. Okay. So oh. yeah, I uh, I think there's there's a there's a church in Oklahoma City called Frontline that um, Lubrini Network is is friends with. Uh, they do two calendars, and I don't know if. We're actually going to follow through and do this, but but they follow the liturgical calendar of the church, but they also have a cultural issues calendar okay. where periodically they'll do a sermon series on something going on in culture that sure. requires topical treatment because there might not be one section of the scriptures or one book of the Bible that right. gives a comprehensive enough view of it. So I do think whether it'll be again in Lent or on down the line that we'll keep in our toolbox, hey, this is... An extended run of Sundays talking about X.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, I hope so. Yeah, no, I think that would be that would be awesome. Tell us what you think in our encore section. Uh, we didn't get any Howling Wolves emails this week.
0: I was not planning on saying like that.
1: <laughs> Sorry, you can cut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can mark we'll down either. the time or cut it. Um, but we do. We would love to hear from you. So it, I just think that again, stories and narratives help. Um, grow our understanding of the world our understanding of how God is working um, so it's it'd be great to hear from you even if you've written in before um,
0: and just to follow up from our Helen with last time Scott has agreed to build up a little bit of a resource library for us we're gonna tie him into the text campaign that we're starting in April so
1: yeah do you want to explain the text campaign really fast
0: so in for 10 days in April, there's going to be, a, as I said, 10-day text campaign where you can text in now. I don't have the number in front of me. It's on our communication social feeds at Liberty Collingswood, where there's going to be a thought or a short video or a point of engagement every day for a week and a half to keep the ball rolling in people's minds and hearts related to racism, systemic injustice. And I believe that later on in that, text campaign we're going to share a resource library of helpful books to read podcasts to listen to websites to go whether from christian or secular perspectives about these things which i think we're going to share more broadly with church too but why not jump into the text campaign it uh, the number is 555 <laughs>
1: five. <laughs> you've always wanted to be a telebroadcaster <laughs> <laughs> i can right. tell it <laughs> Um, and yeah, if you have books that, that have spoken to you that you feel are powerful, maybe sending those in would be... A, a, yeah, that'd be great. It would amp up that library. We're still learning too. We can help yeah. each other. Um, good stuff. Um, so yeah, Brighton, in. Any last words? Thank you. <laughs> With that, I will close up and say, how was it?
0: That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been... The Post Sunday Blues are preaching post mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. your little phrases.
1: It's a Steve Huber phrase. Double click. Let's double click
0: on that. I, I, I am the inventor of double click.
1: You are the inventor of double click? That's
0: right. that, have you started recording? <laughs> yeah, let's not double click on that anymore.